And messaging some youth now about the same thing. Alright, so today um, we have a, 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 a gathering right after this, and so um, I'm going to have you out of here on time today. But what I do want to say is that what we want to talk about this evening is we want to talk about, like, when is Jesus coming back? Alright, when is Jesus thinking about, like, coming back? Think about that. Think about that for a second. When is Jesus coming back? And we want to do it by taking a look at Daniel... We're going to be in Daniel chapter 7. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. And we want to then take a look at Matthew 24. All right? And we want to compare the two because they have a lot, of, lot in common with each other. For example, um, we're going to, we're, we're, we'll flip around a little bit in Daniel, but you'll see that Daniel talks about a dude called the Son of Man. And what did Jesus refer to himself as? The Son of Man. You'll see where Daniel talks about an abomination of desolation, and Jesus is going to refer to an abomination of desolation. And so, kind of, what what's up with there? So we're going to go to Daniel. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter twenty-four, and then lastly, we're going to end by looking a quick, taking a quick glance back at Daniel, and a quick glance back at Second Peter, and we're going to ask the question, okay, now what? And Second Peter is going to have us a great answer. So that's kind of where we're going to go today. So if you have your Bibles, Daniel chapter 7, and um, we'll just jump right in. Um, but I would ask um, um, Mr. John, I know we talked a little bit earlier, did you get a chance to kind of just parse over and read a little bit? Would you mind just reading the whole chapter for us um, in here today? So we're going to start in Daniel chapter 7, verse 1. We're just going to read that whole chapter as a group, if y'all don't mind. Did y'all know that Daniel had some, some vision like that? That's pretty cool, huh? Like, when you read Daniel, you, what, what do you think of when you think about Daniel? Do you think of Daniel and the what? Or Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, right? That's the stories that we think exactly. But Daniel has a lot of prophecy in it, and that's really cool. Now, did that remind anybody, by the way, of maybe Revelation a little bit when it starts talking about beasts and horns and one horn being like this? It kind of has the same thing. And so this is, um, you even get an explanation of what happens, all right? And so let's look in... First, let me ask, do y'all have any thoughts, questions? Um, um, does something pop out to you? All right. Well, <laughs> turn with me one chapter over, or actually two chapters over. I want to show you something else real quick. All right. So go to chapter 9 and go to verse uh, 20. All right. Verse 20. And this is about to be super cool. Daniel chapter 9, verse 20. Now this, let me just say this, this, what we're about to read, is going to help us better understand what we just read, alright? So this, what we're about to read is going to help us better understand the same thing that we just read, alright? And um, Daniel 9, um, verse 20, um, Mr. John, you was kind of going hoarse, I could tell a little bit. Would anybody mind reading um, 20, um, and then I'll tell you when to stop, just starting at verse 20. Yes, sir. Chapter 9. Yes, sir. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sins and the sins of my people. Whoa, that's cool. He was confessing his sins and the sins of his people. That, that really stands out. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. And presenting 
supplications before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. We keep going? Yes, sir. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, mm. whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand it, and understand the vision. All right, so here, he's, about, he's, he's about to explain the vision. So y'all tune in right here on verse 24. This is where you need to, this is about to be where it's at. All right, go ahead, Mr. Bill. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgressions, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for inquiry. All right. So yeah, let me stop. Let, let, let me stop you right there. You said seventy weeks. All right. And in, in, in the Hebrew, it says 70 times 7, but 70 weeks is good, too. It's the same thing. So how many, how many days are in a week? Seven. seven. So 70 times 7 would be the same thing. How many, what, what would be the days of that? The mathematicians in the room? All right, 490, right? All right. So I want you, so we're, we're having this in mind, all right? This is kind of in the back of our mind trying to kind of, Process. Uh, keep, keep on going, uh, Mr. Bill. To bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. All right. So, so, so. What, what did he say, by the way? He said what? To restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah, the Prince. There shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. That's just seven sets of seven. Seven sets of seven. That's what mine says. See, that's what the Hebrew would read. I think they just translate that seven sets of seven as in two. That's a, that, that would be a week. So either way you do it, you would have seven times seven, which is what? That's going to be 49, and then you got 62 times 7, and I'm no mathematician, but I think that's going to be... Uh, 434. One, what is it? 434. 434, okay, all right. And it should, um, let's see, yeah. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that adds up to what, 483? Yes. All right, so y'all see how we're 7 days off, or we're 7 off right here, right? All right. So here's a huge thing that I want to say, all right? What, 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 what did Mr. Beal just read? He just read, from the time, from the time that happens, that, that Daniel wrote this down, until the time that Jesus comes, how many is going to be, be in total? Seven sets of seven? Or did did y'all get Jesus from the Messiah, the Prince of Peace? Is that kind of how y'all interpreted that too? That's how I interpreted it. So he said, until from now, when Daniel's writing that, until he comes, it's going to be 7 times 7, 62 times 7. And if y'all add that all together, you're going to come out to 483. Y'all see the logic in that? 
But remember, we're trying to get to the end time, which is 490. So why doesn't 490 add up to 483? Here's what we have happen. Everything that Daniel just said in chapter 7 that we just read about the kings, they all come to pass. Isn't that, I mean, does that not make your confidence in the Bible grow immensely? Daniel predicts, through God anyways, hey, hey y'all, I'm writing this down. This is about to happen. This is about to happen. They're about to split. Kingdom's going to divide. Somebody else is going to take over. And everything he said up until the time that Christ came, guess what? It happened. You're talking about the Greek Empire, the rise of Alexander the Great, the fall of the Greek Empire, the rise of the Roman Empire. Dude predicted it all. Isn't that incredible? That's, that's incredible to me. I, mean, I remember reading that as a little kid. I'm like, there's no way. Like, I'm sitting here in history class learning about it. I'm opening my Bible, and he's telling me that it happened. Like, that's awesome. And so we get, boom, Christ comes onto the scene. All right? Christ comes onto the scene. And Christ is about to give us an idea about the same idea that you have. Where did these last seven go? We got 490 until it all ends, but we're only at 483. So there's seven somethings that has to come, all right? The scripture is going to call it a time, a time, a time and a half. It's going to say that a couple of different times. But we got to get to where, where is this? Where, what's this? What are we going to get to? All right? And so um, let, let, let me say real quick, okay? Let me just say really quickly. I. I, I love you, Mr. Bill. I, I love you with all my heart. Like, there's no one I love more than I love me some Bill Gullet, okay? But I'm going to say this, and so don't let me step on your toes. I don't necessarily agree with your Bible translation, okay? Let me say, I'll, I, I don't necessarily agree with your Bible translation, just on this one, okay? Because do you see how it says weekly right there? Well, the, the it, it reads, how many of y'all say weekly? If yours says, like, like seven um, weeks or 70 weeks or something like that. Raise your hand. I got Mr. Dennis. Uh, got, uh, um, the ones that we were reading earlier, yeah, I think it was 25. Uh, seven, uh, so does yours say seven? Miss Diane, you said in 24 it says 70 sets of seven. Uh, who, who, who else says 70 sets of seven? John? Uh, you know, we all, okay. Most of our translations, that I'll have to guess, would probably say the 70 sets of seven. That's how it appears in the original language. And so when it says that, that at least gives you the possibility of saying that it's not only going to be 490 weeks or 490 days, right? If it's 70 sets of seven, you have to ask the question, 70 sets of seven what then, right? What's the 70 sets of seven? Is it days, weeks, years, decades? Years. What, what's it talking about? Years? All right. What's it talking about? Here, here's what is cool, okay? For about the time that Daniel... Go ahead. This is something different. Okay. Yeah, all right, go ahead and read it. Ooh, seven weeks and three scores and two weeks. Seven weeks and three scores and two weeks. Okay, right. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm never going to talk about it. I don't know. I don't know. So here's, here's what I would say. is The reason I don't like weeks is because it begs the question. It kind of makes the timeline not, not add up. But if you say, okay, seven times seven, how it reads in the in, in the in the language you say okay 490 what and I would I, I don't know 
I, I really don't know. But I would think it would be years, and here's why I think that. Because from the time of Daniel to the time of Messiah, you know about how many years get, went by? Yep. Yep. So it kind of fits the timeline pretty good. But here's what I'm going to say. It's still, we have seven somethings. I don't know if they're years. I don't know if they're decades. I don't know if they're days. I don't know. But we got some seven somethings that's going to be missing, all right? And turn all the way now, all the way to verse or chapter 12. Okay, chapter 12 is what I meant to say. Chapter 12 of Daniel. Yes, sir. Yes. No, no, sir, no, sir. And I and I've read some commentaries on it, and people say different things. Um, but the best that I can tell, it's simply just seven sets of seven, and you're just like, what in the world does that mean? And then Hebrew actually uses uh, letters to justify their numbers, and so then you're still kind of left with, okay, well, does this actually mean seventy, or does it mean seven hundred? So you're still a little bit up in the air with that. But good question. Okay, so um, are y'all at uh, Daniel chapter twelve yet? And now y'all in verse 1. All right. Do y'all see how it says at that time? At that time? Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over, they will arise. And it goes into all this stuff that's about to happen. And here's what I'm going to suggest, okay? I'm, we're, about to go, uh, we're about to go back to Jesus to prove this, all right? Here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest that when Daniel 12 says at this time, he is referring to where in the world did these last seven go? Where did they go? And he's going to say, hey, look, at this time, this is when this is about to happen. Visual, this is the last thing that's going to happen. These are the last days. All right, so I want to, I want to try to get you there, all right? You may not be there yet. That's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that, and, I, and, and my opinion may change um, while giving this talk. But for right now... I think that this is what Daniel was talking about. Hey, you remember these seven that we had missing? At this time, well, this is the end of it all is about to take place. So now I want you to turn real quick to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. I've never turned anywhere in my Bible real quick. It takes me forever to find where I'm going. All right. Y'all got it? All right. So I, 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 I'm kind of going to go, and I'm just kind of going to read some stuff, and then you can kind of follow along. But I'm going to start right here in verse 4, okay? Verse 4 of, of Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. It says, Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many people, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but do not panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, and kingdom will go against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all of this is only only the first of the birth pains with more to come. And so when you look at how Jesus describes the end times, he describes it as a woman who is going into birth pains. 
right? And in the, I, I believe in the next couple of little, like the next chapter, he's going to say, but nobody knows the time of the hour, all right? So I want y'all to, to imagine Haven, all right? Y'all remember the girl that read, sang, let, did let our revival, you know? Uh, Evan, he was so good. I love Evan. I text him today. Anyways, I was like, hey, is uh, Haven about to pop yet? I, I bet. But she, you remember, I mean, she had, she, how did she sing when she was that pregnant? I mean, she was like eight months or something like that. I mean, she, she was pregnant. And she's a little bit thing, so, I mean, I'm telling you. Now, if you have any sense and you look at her, you would say, man... She's, in, she's probably a month pregnant. You wouldn't say that. She's probably three months pregnant. You wouldn't say that either. You would say, when's the baby due? It got to be in the next month. You are about to pop. I mean, you would never say that. You'd be kind, but you'd be thinking it, right? That's how Jesus refers to the end times. Now, let me ask you this. If you was to go up and to ask Haven, hey, do you know the day and the hour that your baby's going to be due? She may say, well, it's supposed to be due um, September the 19th. But you said, well, well, do you know when it's going to be due? What, she's gonna, what is she going to tell you? She's going to say, I don't, have, I don't know. I don't know the day and the hour. But she's going to say, but it's coming soon, right? That's how Jesus refers to this in time, okay? And I'm going to say, I won't say anything. I'll let Jesus say it. All right? I'll let Jesus say it. All right. He says there are going to be wars, rumors of wars. All right. We're all the way through that. But all this, the beginning of birth pains. So we got all that checked. Verse 9. Then you will be arrested. You will be persecuted. And you will be killed. You will be hated all over the world. Because you are my followers, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. So first thing that we definitely will have is an increase. Do you see this in the text? In the wickedness. I mean, people will be persecuted, people will be hated, people will be killed, people will be mocked, people will be thrown into court, thrown into prison. Christians are going to have it bad. Not only that, but the wicked will be rampant everywhere. All right. Now, hear me real, real closely. Psychologists, sociologists, theologians, philosophers, scholars, all over say this. And they all agree on it. So it's not like one says this, one says this. Like everyone agrees on this. Is that America is, not everyone, because that's a lot of people, but most agree on this. Is that America is in the stages of late decadence. What does that mean? That America is in the stages of late decadence. What that means is that there is never, ever, ever in the history of known writing been one nation, not one nation, that has gone down the rabbit hole in which we are going and then come back. But not one has turned the ship around. Not one. There's been the breakdown of homes. There has been 
gender confusion. There has been innocent killing in the streets. There has been the fighting for to kill the unborn. There has been the pride movement. And we can go on and on and on, honestly, to say, look at America, and we are going right down the road where every other great empire has gone. And not one has ever, once they've went this far, not one has come back. And so if we do come back, we will be the first. There was a study out, and the stu- here's what the study concluded, okay? I won't. I'm going to write a number up here, and I think the number is 240 years. That the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, the Trojans, the Egyptian Empire, the Greek Empire, if I haven't already said that, the Roman Empire, and then later the Greek, uh, the, the British Empire, all of them, every single one, self-deploded around 240 years into them becoming a nation or rising to power. Every single one. And not one, not one was attacked by an outside enemy. The delusion came from within itself. Every single one. As a nation, do you know how many years we are right now? We are 245 and going on 246 years of being a nation right now. And it's happening. The very same thing is happening. All that I'm saying, all I'm saying is that we are living in a wicked time, okay? Unless you think it's going to get better, Jesus says that it's not. It's going to continue to get worse. All right, so so that may stick a little bit. That would stick for me if I was in your shoes. Like, uh, uh, come on now, Drake. I mean, we got good in the world. We got Jesus in the world. It's getting better, right? All right, I, I, I get you. Let's let's keep on reading. We're going to get to that, okay? Let's keep on reading. Verse thirteen says what? Um, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Verse 14, what does it say? And the good news about the kingdom of God will be preached throughout the whole world so that all the nations, that really, that's like the ethnos is that, that word in Greek. So all the ethnic people, all the ethnos, they will hear all languages, all tribes, all nations will hear the gospel and then the, then the end will come. Okay, so number two, if number one is an increase in wickedness, you know what number two is? Number two is an increase in what? In the gospel. Number two is an increase in the gospel. He is saying that, hello, the wickedness will get worse, but as the wickedness gets worse, guess what's going to go out? My good news is going to go out. Y'all get this. In the last 50 years, in the last 50 years, there are more people that have come to Christ than in the last 950. Or 1950. You don't believe that? And I understand. That's okay. I'm going to say it one more time and then I'm going to try to show you. In the last 50 years, 
There have been more people to come to Christ than in the last 1950. Alright? Let me show you what I mean by that. In 1970, alright, there were 1.2 billion Christians on the, in the world. When I say Christians, please hear me. Do I mean that 1.2 billion people are going to die and go to heaven? Do I mean that 1.2 billion people profess to be Christian? That's what I mean, okay? That, that's exactly what I mean. All right? And thank you, Mr. Hutch. Um, 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 I need all the help I can get. There we go. All right? In 2020, so this was two years ago, 2.6 billion people profess to be Christians. At the Baptist Convention this year, a dude by the name, oh Lord, um, um, Saddleback, the guy at Saddleback, Rick Warren, he stood up and with tears in his eyes, he said, Baptist, guess what I have? I have a solution to the Great Commission. And I say that this, in 2030, will be 2,000 years since Jesus went to heaven. Give or take a year. He said, and it is my goal that by 2030, we have every nation, every language, a Bible that they can read. And we have been, as a church, I don't know if you know this, we have given $10,000 as a church to support the Bible being written in every language. We are trying to get the Bible to spread around the world. That, that, that is a serious goal. That is attainable by 2030, by the way. All right? I would say this. I'd say, do we have an increase in wickedness? Yes. Do we have an increase in the gospel? Absolutely. All right? Let me just say one more thing. Or I, I got like three more things, but um, I'm just old being in this. All right. Um, two things are possible today. That have never, we are the first generation. You are the first generation that is possible. Number one, a worldwide satellite network. What do I mean when I say a worldwide satellite network? I mean, in Revelation, there's going to be two witnesses. They haven't come yet. They haven't died, so we haven't seen it. So don't, that, like, that, that hasn't happened yet. When you see that, start freaking out. <laughs> But, you know, it says that the entire world will know, will be able to see them. We, we may not all see them killed, but we will be able to see them hanging their dead, and they will come back to life, and God will speak life back to them, and they will just like be, after being dead, three days, the entire world will be looking at them and be able to see, and they're going to just pop up and have life again. That's going to be cool. It's never been possible before, but with worldwide satellite, it's now for the first time, this first generation, that's possible. Number two is that a worldwide uh, uh, money exchange system. It's the first time that that's ever happened. It says this, that when the mark of the beast comes, the only way that you will be able to buy or sell goods, they will put something on your hand or in your forehead, and without it, you won't be able to buy or sell goods. 
You know that in 2019, New York Times wrote an article that said there was a company, and the only way you could work at the company is if you have a chip implanted. And when you have a chip implanted, that's how you bought and you sold goods in that store. I don't, I don't say that that was the market of beef. What I do say is the technology exists. That's what I'm trying to say. The technology exists for the first generation ever. All right. So... I think that we're in the ninth month. I think we're getting closer. All right. I'm going to end. I said I was going to end. I was going to go right back to Daniel. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go right back to Daniel. And I'm going to show y'all one last thing. If I can ever find Daniel. Chapter 12. Yes, sir. Thank you. Daniel chapter 12. Um, look with me in chapter, uh, verse 4 uh, I'll, I'll, this is the easiest way to say it alright verse 4 it says but you Daniel keep this prophecy a secret seal up the book alright until the time of the end when many people will rush here and rush there and knowledge will increase. Do y'all see that right there? They will rush here, they will rush there, and knowledge will increase. And so what that verse is saying is that with the end of the time, people are going to be rushing from here and rushing to there. There's going to be a lot of travel going on here, there, everywhere. And for the first time in our parents' generation, that was happened with the invention of the automobile that people can actually rush from here to there, going everywhere. And that knowledge will increase. Do you know that in one week, in one week, this is where I'm ending, in one week, you have more and are exposed to more information in one week than your great-grandparents were in their entire lifetime. So we have the knowledge has grown, worldwide travel, rushing here and there, wickedness has grown, the spreading of the gospel has grown. So the end time is coming. So what should we do? What should we do? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Uh, uh, y'all want to turn there or y'all want to just quote it? Y'all, y'all, let's turn there. I, I love it. I love y'all. Y'all like, this is, this is good, Drake. You keep going. Can't you make those little youth play a couple of extra minutes? They can do it. I, I love that. Second Peter what? Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three, verse eleven. In this whole day, um, can you, can you read the what's that say? The day. The day of the Lord is coming. All right. So this is about the end time. The day of the Lord is coming. In verse eleven, here's what it says. Since, therefore, since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, like what? Like fire, all this stuff that's talked about before. He's going to give us two solutions. What holy and godly lives should you live? So he's going to attack. Look, you're going to be living in wickedness. You're going to be living in a culture of wickedness. Don't let the culture conform you to the wickedness. You conform, therefore, into holiness. People around us are going to expect the church to become like the rest of the culture. But what this is saying is, no, we should not let the culture influence the church like it's trying to do right now. 
I got a phone call yesterday, y'all. Yesterday from a youth minister that he said, dude, what's going on? Lord, if you're a Methodist in here, I love you, okay? I love you. But he said, what's going on with the Methodist church, man? I got one right down the road from me. They were handing out um, uh, pride flags today and, and it's going on and on and on about the things that were going on in there. And I was like, well, like I, I, I don't know, buddy. I, I don't want to tell you. What I'm trying to say is that the culture is going to try to influence the church. But what Peter is saying is that no, don't let that influence you. You live a holy life. You live a holy life. And then he's going to say this. He's going to say, looking forward to the day of God, of the return of God, and hurrying it along. You see that? And hurrying it along. So how do you hurry the day of God Oh, how do you hurry that up? You do that by what? Spreading the gospel. Because when every tongue, every nation hears the word of God, then the Lord will come. And so you can hurry that on by what? Sharing the gospel. So what's Peter's decision there? He says, look, live holy in a wicked world and share the gospel in the end times. And that's our petition to you all. That's our petition to you all. I think we're in the ninth month. So therefore, live holy, spread the gospel. All right, let's pray. God, thank you for everything that you've given us, God. I thank you for um, just being able to come and meet and, and everything that we have, God. I pray for this next couple of minutes that we get to spend on some of the youth, God. And I pray that you would just glorify that. Give us all safe travels as we head home. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray, amen and amen.